What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and I'm happy to be joined here today with the podcasters from Horse Hoops, Eric and Mike. Thanks, guys, so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. I'm not gonna lie. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. Basketball is a okay. <laughs> I that's man. I honestly, I I really need to take some notes. That was you guys. That was a great intro. Uh, Listen, we're really good at podcasts. <laughs> it's <so> our job. <laughs> we and, do it for money. Yeah, and 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 super super humble too. I really that's that's really that's really good and self aware. Listen, it's not even about. Like, it's, <laughs> It's not even about us being good at it. It's like I need to be. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> the grind, okay. man. That's true. That's that's a good point. Like that's yeah, that's that's definitely a requirement for you. Or at least for if my engineering career taught me anything, it's you need to appear that you are good enough so that it's okay. But I like to think we are good enough. And from my not science and math skills, I'll tell you, I am good enough. <laughs> this is a lie. It's all been a lie. So we're not just here to talk about. Uh, their skills on podcasting, which has obviously become a thing. We're kicking off a series on the podcast that I've dubbed the Summer School Series. So a lot Mm. of people, uh, when I've shared the podcast, those that aren't sports fans are saying, hey, I don't really, I mean, I want to listen, but I don't really know what you're talking about, and I don't really know how to follow. So this summer, we're taking you to school with with some stories, because everyone loves stories. So we're talking about moments in sports history, we're talking about uh, crazy things that have happened and giving you full context and then, uh, you know, diving in and talking about it. So today we've got Mike and Eric on and we are talking about the worst team in NBA history, the Charlotte Bobcats. So the only way to start this correctly is to start from the beginning. So the Charlotte Bobcats uh, are an expansion team that started in 2004, 2005. Uh, and they, they, I mean, obviously they're an expansion team, so they, they suck right it's they're they're not expected to be good uh but there's a lot of uh there was a lot of contention in even where the name came from mm. so when the charlotte hornets left for new orleans uh the team the charlotte bobcats team decided to have a vote to decide what to name the team and the vote the fans voted for the team flight which i mean it's not it's not bad i don't know what what do you guys I, I, would have loved I like it. it i like it a lot because it's unique and we talk about we talk about this. I like single, like non plural nouns as team names. I think they're fucking badass. I like seeing announcers struggle to know if they should pluralize it or not. <laughs> the flight is terrible. Well, no, no, no. So when they, when they talk about it, like you, what you should do is I I am of the belief that it should be like a plural. <laughs> Brandon's fixing it. Oh, I'm gonna restate what I was saying. I'm of the belief. That if you are going to talk about a team name, it should be plural. Like you should say the Miami Heat win, like as if you would say the New York Knicks win, though you would not often say that. The the weird thing that some announcers will do is they'll be like, oh, the Miami Heat wins because Heat is singular and it's gross and I hate it. But Flight is cool. It's a fun, unique name. You don't know if they're talking about airplanes or jumping, so it's open to interpretation. And Bobcats is bad, and and you will reveal why it's really bad. I'm I'm sure right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of speculation. I there's no actual confirmation, and I don't think anyone would confirm this. But the reason why Bob Johnson, the owner of the the Charlotte Bobcats, wanted to name it the Bobcats was so he could name a team after himself, which is arguably yeah. the biggest flex of all time. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of whack. They they did something like this at NYU. I went to NYU, and we used to be the Violets because like purple, and I because. 
apparently D3 sports is still steeped in toxic masculinity. Uh, we needed a harder name uh, for us to compete. So we became the Bobcats because Bob was like our library sorting system. So, so like, nice. that totally, like, that's just a dumb excuse to do anything. And also, like, naming something after your library is, like, way weaker than just being the Violets. Like, just existentially, I would say. So, like, all around, that doesn't surprise me that someone would just be like, I'm Bob, and these are my cats. It's, yeah, it's it's honestly all the way around weird. Uh, but, okay, if you guys had your own team, like your expansion team, what what's a name that you're going to give your team? Ooh, oh, I feel I like we've talked. You're you personally? <laughs> yes. Well, I I finally I we we have NBA nineteen NBA two K nineteen so that we can do streams playing against each other. And a real a big reason I was excited is because I always wanted to do an expansion team. So I put a team in Vancouver and I called them the Vancouver Groove, which I think is cool because right. it like we kind of rhymes that. but doesn't necessarily. Um, I think it depends on the city, but I don't know, Eric, if you have another one. Uh, maybe if if. Michigan needs another team. They could be like the Upper Peninsula Upes, <laughs> <laughs> just like it. Just it's it's a, it's a Y. Like it's like Green Bay. Like you don't know what a Packer is, so it's just like a It's just a Y, and it has it also shares University of Michigan colors. I think that would be very funny and pandering, and people would go to those games. Blake Griffin could just live in the Ups and have a nonsensical accent. It'd be great. That, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's there's not. There's not a lot of contention with your with your point there, but uh, okay. So in <laughs> you're like I don't know what to do with this. Not, so I'm gonna move on. It, it, so in the first year, uh, in their expansion draft or in the in the NBA draft, they drafted Amika Okafor with the second pick, who didn't have a terrible career. He actually won Rookie of the Year. But what kind of sucks is the guy that went before him was Dwight Howard, which I think we'd all rather have than Amika Okafor, unfortunately. And right. with most teams. Uh, their their lack of success comes from, uh, you know, poor drafting and missing out on a bunch of guys that fall, you know, right past them. But it was a little mm-hmm. bit opposite for the Bobcats. I mean, you look in history, the next year they drafted Raymond Felton. The guy who was picked one spot ahead of, of Raymond Felton was Chris Paul. How about the year after that? They draft Adam Morrison. The pick above that was LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, it's it's kind of a little unlucky because those those are three franchise corner pieces that I'm sure they would have drafted given the opportunity, but, I mean, obviously we'll never know. You know what's interesting about this, and this is pre-Michael Jordan, which we're going to talk about him a lot <laughs> and his terrible mustache and earring, but this is like the Bobcats' is a problem the entire time, that they believed that college players were better, like people who did well in the tournament were worse than, were better than just like, scouting actual players literally everyone they've ever drafted to my recollection aside from a few standouts like Bismack Biombo, it's all people who are like they were really good at March Madness I bet they'll be great right. at professional basketball where the three-point line is different and nothing is the same and the rules are different and you're not playing against like fucking Kyle Guy's square face mm-hmm. yeah and well and that's the thing is you'd think they learn from a certain point that hey maybe don't do that but they just did it with uh well I'm trying oh, let's see Frank Kaminsky they just drafted him I'm trying to think who else Malik Malik Monk. Well, it's because Michael Jordan believe I think he believes this in his bones because like you learn how to play well in college and then you do well in in the pros like what Michael Jordan did. I mean, he really de- he thinks that he developed all the skills at UNC and he still has a lot of deep ties to that. So it's interesting that even before Michael Jordan showed up, this was their drafting strategy and that's why they all got fucked. That's yeah. No, oh, and but don't worry, it gets worse for him. It does get worse. Yay! 
So, or I guess it gets better depending on how you look at it because in 2006, Michael Jordan became the minority owner slash president of basketball operations for the Charlotte Bobcats. So here's the thing. So you guys mentioned that you play 2K and Mike, you mentioned that you're a big uh, franchise fan, which I am too. Uh, but this is where I'm, I, I know this is apples and oranges, but this is where my, my team normally starts to turn around, right? So you get an expansion team. You do an expansion draft, you, and then you sign that max free agent, and then after year two, you're, you know, you you make the playoffs as an eight seed, but then it really starts to turn around. Uh, yes. How? I mean, what's what do you think the difference is between two K and the NBA? The fact that, um, I mean, obviously there are a lot of differences, but why why do you think players are <laughs> <Yeah. able to, laughs> they're they're not able to, um, you know, having these these bad picks in the draft rebuild a little bit faster? Is it just poor management or uh, just lack of being able to put a team together. I think it comes down to a lot of different things. I mean, obviously, th- like when, when it comes for for free agents signing to a team, there's like a couple major factors. You either want a team that already has a really good roster, and then people are down just to join to play with those people. Like I think the Bucks now have a really good shot at landing free agents because people are like, "Yes, I would love to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo." Like especially a three point shooter would be like, "Oh my goodness, I can just stand on the side and no one will guard me and then shoot three pointers." That's a good way for me to make money. So that's I think- a quote from Kyle Korver. I don't know where you <laughs> got that. That's really surprising. I think that's a factor. The other factor is you can have just a storied history, even if you are in a current bad spell, uh, and it goes in cycles. Like, the Lakers being in contention and LeBron going at them, even though they've been really bad for the past decade, like, they're still the Lakers. And, like, the Celtics, when they got the big three, like, they had a, you know, it was, like, nine bad years, but they were still the Celtics. And, like, even my Knicks right now, you have Anthony Davis in Sports Illustrated being like, they're a great franchise. Like, no, we're not, but, like, we have a great history of just, like, being in New York and also like a big market so i don't think anyone really is like yo i can't wait to live in charlotte north carolina i also don't think anyone's like man i really can't wait to play for this team called the bobcats uh and other underrated thing that i'm a big fan of their logo and jerseys were ugly as shit and i don't think anybody wanted to wear those they were gross so gross that's no that's true i i honestly think that that's something that people forget like how bad the jerseys actually were uh, but really, in- really, really bad. Bright orange, bad. Like hazard. Like caution. <laughs> this road isn't paved. Like so orange, orange and blue is a good color scheme, and they found a way to make it awful. I want to imagine what that would have looked like with a plane. Like I'm thinking it would have been like a, a Wright Brothers plane for the flight, mm. and that would have been orange and blue and just as bad. I mean, we'll have to see. I remember I had a video game which is very good called NBA Ballers. I don't know if you ever heard of this game. It was what was it on? It was on PS2. I think also Xbox. It was like NBA Street had already like stopped making games, and this was the new one. It was made by Midway, the same dudes who make like NFL Blitz and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they made this game and it was a one-on-one basketball game. It was very good, but the the year it came out was the summer at, before the Bobcats started, but the Bobcats had been announced. So all that was announced was the logo. So you could get a Bobcat like you could get a jersey of any team for your your player because there was a story mode and they had a Bobcats jersey, but they didn't know what it was going to look like. So it was just like blue on the bottom, orange on the top, and then a very sharp like forty five degree angle zigzag going across the chest. Honestly, huge improvement. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, no that that looks like the you know the um like the created jerseys on. Uh... Oh, oh yes, on, on 2K <laughs> when you just like the default jersey, you open it up when you want to create a new uniform, and that's like what mm-hmm. comes up. That's that's basically what it's like. Okay, so yes. we're gonna we're gonna zoom through here, 2006 to to 2010. They start to improve. 
So they win 33 games in 2007. They trade their pick in the draft for Jason Richardson, who performs well. Next season, they draft DJ Augustin, missed out on Brooke Lopez by one pick. Uh, this time, Ugh. he fell behind them, not in front of them, so that one's their fault. Uh, but 2008, they trade for Rajay Bell, Boris Diaw, just narrowly miss the playoffs, and draft Gerald Henderson and trade for Tyson Chandler. So here's Gotta the draft someone who sounds like an 80-year-old man. Like if you're not listen, if you're gonna leave Boris Boris Diaw also has an old man name. Like if, if you're gonna leave, can't leave these guys on the board. Yeah, no, it's it's true, and I mean, there you know sometimes you have to look past the name and and uh, find find the true talent behind the players. But <laughs> 2009, 2010, they make it to the play. Well, they traded for Steven Jackson first, which is, so they're starting to make really good moves and build an actual really good team. Uh, well, decently decently good. Uh, and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs, got swept by the Magic, and then traded Tyson Chandler and let Raymond Felton walk in free agency. So the team's starting to unfold a little bit. Uh, and this also has to do in the fact with uh, Michael Jordan being named majority owner. So now he's not, he's calling all the shots completely. So uh, Michael Jordan, obviously, NBA career, we don't really, I mean, six-time champion, 10-time First team All NBA, fourteen time All Star, you know, all that stuff. There's also some. There's also something funny that I, I looked up when and this like meme that was going around when we were talking about it. Do you know Michael Jordan is the second highest all time paid athlete? Uh, the best is Gaius Apuleius Diocles, a chariot racer from the Roman Empire. Dog, he put a fucking tear on the Circus Maximus for his whole career. Yo, thirty five million Cirstes, <laughs> which is by some estimate. There's there's no there's no goat debate there. It was just it, no yeah. Yo Gaius, Gaius, Gaius is the goat. That's what the G stands for. The G in Gaius is goat. Goat Godius Maximus Diocles. <laughs> that's I think that's completely one hundred percent factual. I think you can you can quote that. <laughs> it's a, my favorite thing. It's just like hanging out on Wikipedia. It's like it's like by some estimation, we don't actually know how uh, valuable the Cirste is, but we think it was fifteen billion dollars in two thousand eleven. And I'm like, hot damn, that is so much money. You can, I mean, and also Wikipedia is a really reliable source for uh, completely one hundred percent accurate information. So yes. you know, you know what you know, you're getting only the best when you go to Wikipedia for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so Michael Jordan, uh, what? I mean, we've talked a little bit about Michael Jordan as as an owner. Um, I mean, we've seen players that have had success. I mean, Larry Bird uh, in front office has has done decently well for himself with a team. But uh, tell me, why why was Michael Jordan just not good at this? Why was why was he not cut out for being an owner? Well, uh, Mike, you lived through the Isaiah Thomas uh, time I, in I the Knicks, so uh, I think that you could, you could probably speak on that. I think it's. I mean. I think Eric made a very good point. Like a, a big part of his, a big part of his downside is drafting people that are were good in college because he thinks, oh, I was good in college, so like this will translate. I also, I just don't think it's good when you have other things to worry about. Like Michael Jordan also mm -hmm. has to worry about Jordan Brand and his legacy and all these other things. And I think it's better when you have an owner like. I don't just an owner whose only thing they're focused on is running the team. Right, you only have one job. Right, and like we've seen that fall apart for Magic Johnson, where he had so many other things going on, and and his hands in too many other baskets. Like he had to go on vacation. He very much needed to tweet. It was a big part of his job. So I I think that's a factor is that he's got other things to worry about, and frankly, like 
you can't blame him because all you know in terms of making money it makes more sense to focus on jordan brand he's far more profitable there than he is being in charge of the you know the bobcats now the hornets i also think like it takes a certain like person who recognizes that the nba now is not what the nba was back then and certain certain owners i think larry bird being one of them or at least front office position people like understand i think danny Ainge is of that mind where people they played in the past jerry west is like this they played in the past but they realize the game is different now and some people just can't get over that like some people really think like oh i want a guy who's really good at isolation and it's like cool that's not how the nba works anymore and I don't know Michael Jordan personally, but he seems like the kind of guy. <laughs> Wait a second, you don't? <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy to be like, oh, the Warriors can't win. Jump shooting teams. Like, if he said that on, you know, TNT inside the NBA, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think that it's also like, we talk about this all the time on Horse, is that the NBA, you have to think about it like an office, like your actual job. So it's like Michael Jordan, when he was a player, he was a fucking killer. Like he was a he he was a coder. He he did his job and he did it the best that he could be. And he could be a giant asshole and then whatever. But now he's like a manager. Now he's HR. He actually has to interact with other people. And like you can't be Michael Jordan with your weird quasi Hitler mustache and like people take you seriously. This is why I it was so funny when they was like, man, what if Kobe becomes the GM of the Lakers? Like, well, that would be a terrible idea because he's a bad person. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. It just it's fine if you don't have the skill set of being head of basketball operations like Michael Jordan just keep fucking making shoes man and one of like my... <laughs> it's fine if you're not good at this one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes is he's a stand-up comedian and they were asking him to write things and he's like I don't get it like I'm good at stand-up comedy why'd you ask me to write stuff you wouldn't go to a chef and be like hey have you ever tried growing vegetables <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, and, and that's the thing. A lot of players, I think, instantly assume that they can be successful just because they were successful when they played. But it's it's two different animals, uh, you know, making decisions to run a team and running a team while you're on the court. Uh, but the end of the 2010-2011 season came upon the Bobcats, and they regressed a little bit, 34-48. and 48. Uh, Michael Jordan, They asked Michael Jordan why he partially blew up the roster, let guys go. And there's a quote from him I have here. Uh, let's see, where did I put it? Oh, here we go. It says, we were vying for the eighth and ninth spot, and we looked at that and said, how can we get to one of those one, two, three, or four teams? To do that, you have to grab assets, and that's what we did. We had to create flexibility. And now, I think it, it was probably a little confusing at the time, especially the season following, but when he wanted to be those one, two, three, or four teams, I think he was talking about the lottery, being one of those top four teams in the lottery, as opposed to those top four teams in the playoffs. Uh, but you know, here we are uh, going into the off season, and there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a rumble uh, outside of of the Hornets, outside of of the uh, the team itself with the lockout. So basically, here's here's the the the, the skinny on the lockout. The owners <laughs> wanted the the NBA to be like the NFL. S- smaller salaries, less guaranteed money, and the ability to more get concussions. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how they'll make that work, but somehow, you know, uh, the ability to more get tense. Contract. We're, we're oh, gonna put a concussion tent in the middle of the court. Full, full, con- full contact basketball. Like, go, go easier on the rules, I guess. Helmets, so that no one has any sort of personal relationship with your players. There you go. Yeah, it's a great marketing marketing scheme. Uh, but the players wanted the NBA to be more like the MLB. A bigger guaranteed contracts that were guaranteed regardless of the performance of the players, and they also wanted a small, a, a softer cap. 
and more old 50-year-old white dudes watching it. And it's longer and no one gives a shit. <laughs> and it's played in the summer outside. Man, okay, so you guys really... Are you guys really that against NFL and MLB? No. Or is it just M- NFL? Yes, baseball. No, I, I am like, against the MLB. I like baseball, and by that I mean I like watching the Yankees and not giving a shit about any other player or team that exists. I just I I don't like I've the NFL has disappointed me a lot over the last few years. I, yeah, fucking. And NFL. I think I'm I think MLB is so fucking boring. I get it. I grew up playing travel baseball, so I have a soft spot in my heart for it. And my dad really likes it. And so I grew up it's playing. It's cute for my dad. My dad will call me like twice a week just to be like, oh, man, what's going on with all these injuries of the Yankees? And I like doing that. And so I talked to my dad about the Celtics. Oh, fun, properly. fun, 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 fun. <laughs> okay, so I guess we've we've learned that the guys from Horse Hoops do not like <laughs> really any sport but but who it's not a secret it's super not a secret actually curling very good roller derby extremely good ultimate frisbee extremely good oh my, okay my bad my the the they don't like any mainstream sports besides the nba uh women's soccer only women's soccer gosh we're so good we're so good <laughs> 13 to 0 are you fucking kidding me <laughs> Pay them the same. They should be paid the same <laughs> they amount. Paid more. Our men's team fucking. Our sucks. Our men's team sucks. <laughs> well, I, well, now that they have that Hulu contract, I okay. I don't actually know how much yeah, money hey. they're giving them for. I hope a lot. I, I, I heard Hulu has live sports. Money. <laughs> I watched a commercial with Giannis in it, and Hulu has live sports. I just well, because like I mean, they're they're putting up the cash guns, and like cash is coming from everywhere. But like, is it basically like all right, all this cash that's on the set, like that's yours for the commercial, and that's all you get. Or is it like, are they, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's honestly the real question I want to know is like, where's that money? They're like, all right, this is all the money we have in our budget for this commercial. Everything left over you get, but I hope it's the money that the men would have made by going to the world cup. I should get paid to the women for being good at soccer. Oh, that definitely. Landon Donovan's not doing anything. Like he doesn't need money. Yeah. Also, I don't, I don't really know uh, why, why people are complaining about, the them doing all their celebrations at the end. I mean, I understand it's poor sportsmanship, but like, dog, it's, it's the, the world fucking cup. Oh wait, I know why. Once every four years, flex on the world. Oh wait, I know why. It's because society hates women. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> I I forgot. I forgot about that for, for a moment. Well, I mean, I, yeah, that that's I totally totally skipped my mind too. But okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Now, okay, we should probably we'll rein it back in here. We went off on a little a little uh, women's world cup candidate, but. The lockout. There's a lot of wild things that happened in the lockout, and I, I put over, I put just a few highlights, but this was really the first lockout that blew up on Twitter, uh, as far as as far as news stories and and people tweeting things, people saying things and then not saying they said things, but then an audio tape of them saying those exact things came out. <laughs> uh, but so here here's just running through. Here's a few of the highlights. So the NBA was genuinely worried that teams or that players were just going to say, you know what. If you can't solve us, solve this and give us the money we want, we're just going to go to Europe. Darren Williams signed with a Turkish club that gave him an opt-out clause if, in fact, they actually did come to a conclusion. Uh, Kobe considered it, and I think if Kobe considered it, then more people would have done it. I don't know. Is that is that realistic for players to say, hey, you know what, if we're not going to get paid at all, we might as well get paid in Europe? Yeah, that, they're doing that a lot in the WNBA. Like a lot of women, a lot of women players, especially the, the woman who's from Australia, who was a star there and then came to the WNBA. And I don't remember her name, oh, but uh, Liz um, oh, Cam- Cambridge, uh, Liz Cambridge, Liz, Liz Cambridge. Cambridge. Yes. yes. Like that, that was a huge thing for her. And also they get paid far more in Europe. Also, Kobe, Kobe like thinks he's Italian. Like I, that does not surprise me. I mean, he can speak it. So that's like, 
that's half the battle, right? Exactly. <laughs> if he's like, I'm a Europe. I'm actually European. I spent a lot of time in Europe, like going around. And so, uh, I know a lot of good words, and I'm Italian. When right? I studied abroad as a child. <laughs> yeah, he took a he took a gap year. Uh, actually, I don't know where he took a gap year because he didn't even go to college. But, uh, anyways, how about and then a few NBA players begged for their jobs on Twitter. D Wade said, "D Wade said he's good at balloon animals." Which I want to see because he 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 was fronting on Twitter like you know he's a genuine like party guy like he he can come in and, and run your parties for you but I'm st- still waiting to see it. Uh, Chris Kamen, Eric Bledsoe. I would five thousand. I would five thousand percent watch a reality show where it's Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade starting like a party planning company in their in both of their post retirement. I love that. We can set up your party in a flash. Or it's called uh like. I don't know. Is there something about the heat in there? He would call it Way of Wade because he really wants that nickname to stick, even though it's the worst. Hot parties. Heat parties. <laughs> I don't know. Parties in a flash. That's a good slogan. I mean, yeah. But he hates that nickname, so it'll never happen. The name of the show is going to be called A More Perfect Union. Like, we know mm. that's what it's going to be called. Well, yeah. I mean, any reality show starring the two of them is going to have that name. It's just kind of predestined. Uh, yeah. But... <laughs> The, okay, a so perfect, perfect union, union featuring Dwayne Wade. Wade. <laughs> it's like a, a song. He can't hop yeah, in exactly. the track for a bit. Uh, yeah. So Kevin Garnett went off in a players, private players meeting, like only Kevin Garnett knows how, yelling and screaming, saying, <laughs> "Hey, we can't give up any more than we've already given up." I mean, that's I, I don't really, uh, I don't really have the energy to to do a perfect Kevin Garnett impression. But you, I mean, you guys get the idea. He was he's going crazy. He probably murdered four employees. He afterwards. wasn't a private players meeting until Kevin Garnett locked the doors. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even a, a meeting at all. Like people, they were just hanging out. Like he threw people in. There a were room. like six people was was out his. <laughs> six people were at his house for a barbecue, and then he locked all of the doors from the outside. Yeah, and then someone they leaked it to someone. Someone tweeted, "Oh, massive private players meeting." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, Skype in, or Kevin's gonna get mad. <laughs> and then this is my this is my favorite story that came from from the lockout. So Javale McGee said that there were <laughs> a lot of players that wanted to to stay in the fight and and fight for this, but there were also a lot of players who were ready to fold. And then head of the NBA PA, Derek Fisher, is like, "Dog, you can't say that. We have all the momentum." And he's like, "Yeah, that's right. I didn't say it. I forgot. I like. I actually, you know, didn't didn't those words didn't come out of my mouth." And all of a sudden, an audio tape came up of him, of those words coming out of his mouth. Uh, I mean, that's just that's kind very, of, yeah, that's, that's just, Jail, that's just JaVale McGee, though. Like, his entire career, in a nutshell, is just one big, I mean, shacked and a fool is the best word I can think of at this moment. But He's an NBA champion, man. Like, I <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, but so is Patrick McCaw, but like, what is, what is that? Listen, hey, he went to look, the finals Patrick two McCaw's years Patrick never around. not gone to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but he's also <laughs> he's he hasn't really played more than ten minutes a game, so like you know. And he also facts gets, are facts. He also gets terrible financial advice, but so does Kawhi. Like this is I don't think it's it's keeping him from doing well in the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean that's true. I don't I don't know. I just have a hard time fully believing that just being an NBA champion like puts you in like a certain level. I mean, I know it's impressive, but like it has to do more. You know, especially if you're just a role player. But anyways, that I'll have to, I'll, I'll hold myself back from that one. But here we go, 2011-2012 season. Bobcats opened up. They have okay. They have a decent team, right? They lost in these in these past two years since they made the playoffs. They lost Gerald Wallace, Stephen Jackson, Raymond Felton, and Tyson Chandler. 
This is part of Michael Jordan's plan to make it to the top. So they drafted Kemba Walker, another one of those guys who did really good in college. Uh, they drafted Bismack Biombo, and they also received Corey Maggette in a trade that moved Steven Jackson to the Bucks and also moved Sean Livingston away. Listen, if Corey Maggette's on the table, <laughs> you got to move You got to get it. bad porn on the team. <laughs> you get bad porn. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I... I <laughs> I don't know. I don't really. Yeah, but we'll we'll hear more about Corey McGetty in a little bit. But uh, also, Bismack Miyabo is the name of my next Dungeons and Dragons character. So <laughs> I like that. That's good. And then Boris Diaw still here. He's still he's still going strong. And then their starting point guard is is DJ Augustine. Here, hero of round one of the 2019 <laughs> playoffs. But honestly, at the same time though, like big ups to him because I genuinely thought the Magic could could push the series. You know, like. They they're playing the event like the potential NBA champions and DJ Augustine just overpowered the entire Raptors team. I think that's the call that the Warriors need to make if they want to win this series. They know who they need to please DJ Augustine. The, he's wild in that I feel like he's had the exact same like stat line every year for the past like eighty seven years. Like I think he's put up like I'm pulling up his stats on basketball reference. He's at, yeah, for the past like ever, he's averaged like 11 points, 5 assists on pretty good shooting on and he changes teams every season. <laughs> that I mean, look, something to be said about consistency, I guess. But <laughs> so they're Bobcats are 1 and 0 uh and starting off the season, their their title chances, their odds were were plus 20,000, which I looked uh, at this year's title odds and the Timberwolves and the Trailblazers were plus 15,000. So not insane. Like, obviously, like, yeah, it's kind of a long shot and you're probably not going to make it. But it's not like you're going to have the worst season in NBA history. Uh, I mean, I do like, though, that, like, if we're talking about the Trailblazers for last year, like, it is more likely that a team that melted down in front of Anthony Davis's Pelicans have a better shot of getting to the playoffs than the, these Bobcats. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's... That, there's something to be said about that, I guess. But anyways, back to the Bobcats who are sitting at 1-0, and feeling good. Two rookies, Bismack Biombo and Kemba Walker. Undefeated. Yeah, they're looking good. And then um, <laughs> skip forward 29 games. Uh, they're just coming fresh off of a 16-game losing streak at 3-26. and Undefe- Undefeated. <laughs> not, 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 not so hot uh, at this point. Uh, and it continues. There's, okay, so they're, here's, here's the deal. They're 7-36. and uh, skipping forward a little bit, obviously, uh, but they don't know it yet because it's probably not in their minds. But they needed to win one more game, like they just needed to take one more game before, uh, you know, to not have the worst winning percentage in NBA history with 23 games to go. But they lost all. 25. Is that really what it was? Oh my gosh! Oh. I, I calculated out because I took their percentage and I was like, oh, I wonder if they win eight and 58. So I did it, and it's just a little bit higher than the, than the, the 76ers. <laughs> Oh, brutal. They don't have the least amount of wins in NBA history, fortunately. Right. That goes to the Providence Steamrollers of 1948, who went 6-42. and 42. What a great name. That's good. Yeah, I'm changing my answer to I want a team called the Steamrollers. <laughs> so just a little history on the Providence Steamrollers. Their best season was in 1947 when they went 28-32. and 32. Not, Not great. great. Not great. They They... They played a total of three NBA seasons, so they were in and out real fast. Um, and then the only guy that really did anything for them was Ernie Calvary. Oh, baby. He was a point guard, 5'10 point guard. 
okay, he's 5'10", and he weighed 145 pounds, and he played in the NBA, right? That's... Do with that, do with that what you will. But mm-hmm. he led he led the team in assists, or he was the overall assist leader in 1946-1947, and he actually made the All NBA second team in 1946-1947. So in his in his entire NBA career, he averaged 12 points and three and a half assists over three years. So not the worst. Look, that's DJ Augustine numbers right there. <laughs> well, you know the problem with the Providence Steamrollers was that each pick had to be. Uh, each pick had to be approved by the mob that was running Providence at the time, and like they only wanted to draft people who were homegrown. Yeah, it was like no, it was it was all the cousins and the the nephews um, of, true. of the of the mob. So they they didn't really have like I mean sure they had a lot of, of people there, but it wasn't really a high a high value talent. <laughs> yeah, it was like four Tony Sopranos and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but yes. Yeah, so seven and fifty nine, uh, thanks to the lockout short season. Do you guys think that so the 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 worst record before that was the 9 and 73 uh Philadelphia 76ers in 1973. Do you think if they played a full season they could have gone 3 and 13 to end the year? Do you think that's physically possible after losing 23 straight? No. No. <laughs> no. no way. When your best center is Desanya Jop, who I have a special place in my heart for being the backup center on my NBA 2K7 fantasy franchise. <sighs> Other than that, yeah, it's not looking uh, not looking too great when you're trotting out him as a major piece. When you're really hoping that Byron Mullins continues to shoot well from three, I don't know that you're uh, Mike, doing so great. Mike, this is a basketball podcast. You can't just make up people. That's really that's really that's I w- not kind. I wish I was. <laughs> Mike, we are guests on his show. You can't just make people up. So okay, here's one. Of, this is this is probably my favorite stat from the whole year. So they lost nine games by thirty plus points. In the whole season, which means that they were more likely to lose a game by thirty plus points than they were to win an NBA. That's basket. good. That's I wanna, very, very. I wish good. I was a degenerate gambler at that time, so <laughs> where I could bet on that. I need there to be very explicit prop bets, and I want to bet on that. That's yeah, that's weird. Okay, so here's here's what we're betting on. So we think that uh, they're going to lose more games by thirty plus than than win actual NBA games. I don't really know who could physically like. I mean, I guess yeah, someone who's been betting for a while, but I don't. I don't know where anyone's like, you know what? I'm going to take those odds. Listen, if it's 2011, I can parlay that with, like, someone winning American Idol. Was that Chris Daughtry at the time? I would have lost a lot of money. <laughs> Let's say that. That's true. But here's here's the worst part about this entire thing is that they didn't even get the number one pick in the NBA draft. After having the worst season in NBA history, thanks to the NBA lottery, they, they didn't get that number one pick. And that number one pick turned out to be Anthony Davis, which, I mean— well, it, you know, he definitely would have wanted to stay in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that's we all, for sure. And we all know that drafting Anthony Davis changes your team and makes you winning and makes you win championships and that's brings you happiness. That's, there's, yeah, there's verifiable fact to prove that. So I'm I'm glad that you, <laughs> you brought that up. But yeah. who they did draft was Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Who, oh, oh, baby. Let's go. World-renowned. I mean, it's and it's not so much that they drafted him, but who they passed on just in the top ten. Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond. Kind of tough. They really, I mean, and obviously the best thing that they've honestly done since then is change their name back to the Hornets. I don't really, I mean, I'm not trying to hate on the entire, you know, the entire no, organization there, but it there's just not a lot going on, and I, I don't know. But here's here's the question. Is this the worst NBA team in history? Can we say because like, they they struggled with injuries? Corey Maggette was hurt. Boris Diaw was hurt. 
DJ Augustin was hurt, obviously affected the season. Uh, and it's a lockout shortened, so they didn't have a lot of time playing together. So it, are we like, I, are you, are you ready to say that this was the worst team in NBA history? I mean, if you're looking at like the whole franchise aspect of it, you might have to say that, uh, but it depends. Cause like, it depends on if you count the current Pelicans as the past Hornets or not and the history and all that other kind of stuff. Cause like they used to be solid and they used to be fun and like their jerseys were very cool and they, they are now. And like the Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson era was fun. I don't think they're the worst team in history. I think that some of these, uh, the 76ers teams during the process were the worst because it's like, it doesn't necessarily matter what your win, like, you know, there's a grouping of terrible teams, you know? But it's like, if you're trotting out, like, Isaiah Kanan as your best player, like, intentionally, not because of injuries, like, if you are making this actual point to do it, like, I think that the, the process is true to some extent we've seen how how it's shaking out now and i mean we could go on our nba and praise hinky as much as we want but like like if you're putting out the real stinkers intentionally like that needs to be recognized as like something that was actively harming the city of philadelphia and probably the sport itself yeah i mean the bobcats were genuinely trying to win i mean it's not easy when you have a lockout it's not easy when you have injuries and like all this came together and stuff they're a new team their team was mainly people who hadn't been on the team before and they basically had a week before the season started to be like, hi, everyone, meet all of your coworkers and be good at your job, please. And, like, that just doesn't work in life. Yeah. Also, like, Hollis Thompson is a real person <laughs> who played for the 76ers. Hell yeah, baby. But here, but I mean, I, I, and I agree with that point, but the only thing is that every other NBA team went through that exact same thing. So you'd think it, like, would cancel out, I guess. But I don't know. It's, it's tough, but it, it honestly makes it worse. Like, when you're the 76ers losing that many like when they went when they went 10 and 72 is like well yeah but we were we were tanking but the bobcats were honestly saying look we were giving it our best shot and we could only win 7 games uh but that i i don't know i i there's not really much that can be said it's just I just don't want to hold anything. I don't want to hold anything against the players. I feel like that's a that's like a Michael Jordan problem. And it's like when there are things that are happening from above that you can't deal with like fucking union union contracts and the fact that Michael Jordan's earring is trying to draft DJ Augustine off of his University of Texas career. Like that's not something that I'm I'm going to control. Like they tried. Uh I think it's more about like the worst team needs to be the one that was actively put together to be the worst, you know? Like I'm not going to hold that against like I'm not going to hold that against Corey Maggette. Of course. Yeah, no. Never. We never hold anything against Corey Maggette here at this podcast. Ever. Good. <laughs> good. Good. good, good. Um, good. I, this yeah. is the most pro Corey Maggette podcast I've ever listened to. Yeah, I, this is, I bet this is a podcast you, unlike any other podcast. Pro Corey Maggette. Uh, but <laughs> I think the number one lesson we can learn from from this is a, is a cliche sports sports lesson, but always try your best, even when you're 7 and 59. <laughs> Always give yep. 100%, which is what they did. And I think that's something that we can take with us, uh, you know, as we, as, we, as, we, as we move on in life. Because that's really what it's about. Sports is a reflection of life. And I, that just got really weird and philosophical really fast. No, but, that's perfect. Uh, that's yeah. where it's but, at. I, like that, it. I think that's the perfect way to wrap it up. But before mm -hmm. we let you guys go, game six of the NBA Finals is tonight. And I, I can't – we can't not talk about it. Like, we can't ignore – this is a – uh, you know, we cover NBA on this podcast and we can't just ignore the fact that game six is tonight. So I want you guys to give me your prediction of 
who wins this game? And if it's the Warriors, then who wins the series? And sum up why in two sentences or less. All right. The Warriors are going to win game six because the Toronto Raptor fans have angered the basketball gods by cheering for Kevin Durant. They've made Klay Thompson angry, which you don't want to do. He's going to erupt for like 50 points and then in the postgame be like, those Raptor fans are a bunch of jerks. Those rotten jerks made fun of my friend. And I hope that they win game seven as well because it would be so fucking funny. It would be just so funny if they won. I know you also want... I also know you want the Warriors to win because well, you think that Kevin Durant's going to go to the New York more so. That is happens. gone. That is gone. Now my rooting is purely because they cheered for Katie's injury, and it would be very, very funny if they lost now. I think that the Raptors are going to win uh, tonight. I think um, there's just the, Kevin Durant being out there. and I mean, he put up, like, th- what, three three-pointers in the first few 11, minutes that he, he was out there? Points, yeah. Yeah, like, that's irrefutable. I mean, the Raptors against this injury-depleted, relying on uh, Boogie Cousins to, like, remember how to play basketball team. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's sad. I really wanted them to win because they. Ang- I think they anger the basketball gods, and that's why they lost game five. I think that they're going to pull it together in game six. And I'm more I'm more annoyed at the uh, – them. Sh- this is how they deserve to shut down Oracle. Like, if you want to move across the bay and go to an obviously, like, richer socioeconomic area for your own benefit, like, this is how Oracle Arena deserves to fall apart. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that that new stadium is going to be so nice. It's insane. Like, a billion billion dollars. Yeah. I was was watching a Sports Center segment about it. They were talking to, like, some foreman who was working on it. He's like, yeah, like, it's only a few miles away, so it's pretty much the same. I'm like, oh, yeah, everyone in the United States knows Oakland and San Francisco are the same. Of course, obviously. Well, yeah, and obviously that guy lives in San Francisco, so he should know that, like, going from Oakland to San Francisco isn't just, like, the 15-minute drive that it should be. I mean, obviously. Gotta hop on that BART, baby. (laughs) That (laughs) poop-filled BART. It's true, and everyone's jobs are the same in these two cities. (laughs) Well, this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed being able to sit down and talk with you guys about the worst team in NBA history and then just touching on the finals a little bit because, I mean, we have to. But um, they have their own podcast, Horse Hoops Podcast. Guys, plug it. Tell, Tell my listeners what your podcast is about. Yeah, I mean, our whole thing is just trying to prove that anyone can follow the NBA, even if you have no idea what basketball is and you've just seen some memes and stuff on Twitter. We just know it's part of social media and culture now, and we just wanted to make a all-inclusive welcoming podcast where we talk about basketball, but only the silly stuff. So player drama, Twitter beefs, you know, deep dives into history like this, just trying to welcome more people into this wonderful thing that we call basketball, because everyone should root for basketball, not just dude bro sports heads. As we say on horse every episode, it is a basketball podcast. It's about everything except for the wins and losses. And math. We hate math. Mike likes I math. I love math a lot. But like the, it's very the, fun. the show itself does not like math. <laughs> uh, but yeah, be sure to check them out. I love listening to them. They're so funny. And I mean, it's it's always interesting to hear their takes. And, you know, when they give us information about things that happen in and around sports, nothing to do with the game itself. Well, I mean, not the game game, but the, the game. You know what I mean? Uh, but mm, yeah, <laughs> that that's going to that's going to do it here on the podcast, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes. This is episode one in the series of the summer series. So we're going to have a lot more stories, a lot more guests, and hopefully a lot more fun. I really hope. But, yeah, thanks, Mike and Eric, for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. And be sure to stay tuned for more episodes, guys. Thanks for having us. See you later.